when it comes to these kind of one-off things, workshops and workbooks and freebies and things like that, I think we're allowed to have a little bit more fun than we realize. You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast. A podcast that is not just interviews and conversations. It's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way? And then we discuss it. To feel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business. And together, we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hi, I just wanted to quickly mention that we actually reached 500 plus downloads and I'm so grateful and I thought about this and and I really want this platform to not just be a pop a pop I almost said popcorn but a podcast that just feels the growth and just hear tips and 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 all that and yes those are good too but I really want it to be a space of inspirational stories and brands for people who feel stuck or who are feeling uninspired and it could really I feel like when you're feeling uninspired it could hit at whatever stage in your business and brand journey it's okay to feel uninspired you know near the middle or whatever that timeline looks like for you but it's okay but I really want to have that platform to inspire you back and what what better way than to bring such amazing and unique perspectives and women and and to hear from their brands and businesses and and to just be inspired again so I'm so happy to have this podcast with you and if you love this podcast please share it on your Instagram at blank room design or at Peggy Brie I'll definitely be there to reshare you and I want to hear about your brands and businesses how's it going and what is it and do you want to share what you learned on on um this podcast and share your perspective you're definitely welcome to do that so reach out at peggy brie out at blank room design and let me know and of course thank you to zencaster zencaster is such an awesome platform and they sponsored these episodes oh my goodness they are so good you can use it for all your audio content or video content needs and yes it doesn't have to be just audio they have a video platform as well and they you're welcome to use it and for your content and you can use my code at Peggy Bree and you can get 40% off for three months and two weeks for free and yes it is such a powerful platform I totally recommend them I use them I use them to record different women from around the world so I trust them and you can too and yeah excited for this episode she is such a fun person and her brand and business is amazing and it's just filled with funny stories and just such an interesting insight into her brand and into her world so stay tuned also 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 um it's gonna be a double dipping week you're gonna have two weeks i mean you're gonna have two episodes this week there's gonna be one on friday yes it's double dipping because i missed last week's day but i'll make it up to you and i'll have another episode yay and oh what a great week what a great september and i'll talk to you soon bye hi welcome back to another episode of branding gems i have such a lovely guest today to share her top three tips and advice and to share her journey in this 
vast branding and business world. So we have Diana Joy, who goes by her middle name Joy. It's a, she's a multi-passionate educator, community builder, and content creator. She believes having many passions is a gift, not a burden, and she's on a mission to rewrite the narrative around choosing one thing being the only path to success. Through her content, live workshops, and online community, Joy teaches creatives how to make friends with focus, craft impactful personal brands, and step into their multi-passionate mastery. Welcome! Thank you so much for having me. So excited about our conversation today. Yes, it's exciting. And it's so great to connect on Instagram throughout these years. I think it's been like a year or so or more, but you've always had such an amazing vibe about you. Like you're just so genuine and so awesome. So it's so nice to finally connect in voice. <laughs> yes, likewise. I think it's been at least a couple of years that we've been kind of following each other's journeys on Instagram. So I feel exactly the same. This is exciting. So let's dive right in. What are your top three tips on branding and business? And let's start with the first one. So my top three tips for number one, I would say be okay with your brand evolving over time. So I'm a multi-passionate creativity educator, right? So part of what I'm constantly teaching my community or my clients is that we really need to give ourselves a lot of grace when it comes to pivoting, changing our minds, going in a new direction. And, you know, sometimes that's going to look like a rebrand. The goal is always to come into like an energetically aligned space with whatever work you're putting out into the world. And your brand might look one way today and look very different, you know, two or three years from now. And that's okay. So I think really being okay with that evolution is super duper important. You know, when I first started my business, it was just a blog. And so I didn't really have to think too much about how my my brand would be applied to, you know, other things like courses and workshops and a community. But now that I have my brand being, you know, shared across multiple mediums and multiple platforms, I am slowly starting to upgrade certain things like my fonts and like my colors, you know, little things like that. And I think it's totally fine to do that. It's totally fine to have your brand evolve over time. And I actually think it's really cool. You know, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Peggy, but sometimes when I find someone whose work I really love, I actually kind of go on a little treasure hunt and try to go back as far as I can to see where they started. And I like seeing the evolution of someone else's brand. You know, I like seeing where they started and kind of how they evolved over time. Sometimes you might see that their entire brand name has changed Or maybe they were focused on one area and then it kind of like bled into something else and they arrived in this place where they feel super embodied in what they're offering now. But it's really cool to see that journey. So I think that one thing that, especially for multi-passionate creative entrepreneurs, really consider that the journey is a great thing. It's beautiful. It could even help someone feel more connected with you in the long term. So be fine with that evolution. That's definitely my first tip. Oh, that's so good. And it's such a great reminder too, because it's like looking back at old posts or looking back at the very beginning of when one started, like it's never perfect and it's never going to be this perfection every day either. And I think that's 
the beauty of it too, because there's imperfections and because there's a humanistic quality to it, like people can see all that it is in the most realist form. And it's nice that it's not set on one day and that tomorrow it could have a different conversation and something could happen to that. And it's it keeps that exciting energy going too because it's so ongoing. So I love that. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Um, and then my second tip would be to consider how you want your audience to feel when they interact with your brand. So I think we can get really caught up in like colors and fonts and all of that. But how do you want people to feel when they interact with your content? Do you want to have a more formal voice? You know, do you want to really be kind of like this more formal, um, elevated sort of educator, you know, for example, or do you want to have a more casual tone? And do you want people to feel like they really could just DM you anytime and you're going to write them back? You know, do you want, do you want to be super approachable, super casual? Do you want to be kind of all the way at the opposite end of the spectrum where you're like a disruptor and disruptor? (laughs) Um, And, you know, you want to kind of, maybe you want to use a lot of profanity and, that's your thing, right? So I think really considering how do you want people to feel when they're interacting with with your content? And it's a tricky question to ask because, again, a lot of us get hung up on like, okay, well, here's what I'm thinking for my colors. Here's my mood board, right? But all of that is giving off a vibe. And that vibe is informing someone of how how they're going to feel. So when someone comes across my content, I want them to feel like they're taking something away and that they've just learned something new, but also they're inspired and they want to maybe just go do something creative and they're feeling really like energized. So I am going to use a certain color palette that can, you know, speak to that. But it's also just about how am I going to come across even when I'm speaking to the camera in stories or when I'm writing my copy, when I'm writing my email copy and things like that. It's keeping the tone approachable, but inspiring, right? So I think considering how your brand feels is extremely important. And another way to do this exercise is to you know, consider brands that you love yourself and think about how they make you feel right? Think about how they make you feel. Um, You know, there's certain brands that make us want to put on our finest jewelry and get dressed up for no reason. And there's other brands that make us want to kick back and relax and like take it easy. So I think really considering how your content's going to come across to other people in terms of the feeling Mm -hmm. is important. I love that. And I love that really having that core feeling established is so key because like when you translate that across different touch points you know when it comes to video copy or just the website like you have to make sure that that feeling is felt across all of it and that it's through consistency of photos colors and font choices like all of that it's so it's key to making sure that that audience would feel the same way that they feel when they're on your Instagram page and also on your website or on looking at uh, watching videos too. So keeping that feeling across is so interesting. So how do you, what are your tips in doing that? 
So for me, you know, okay, so the vibe that I'm going for with my brand is to be approachable, to keep it um, a two-way conversation. I always want to hear from my audience. I want to know how my content is landing. Kind of being able to um, feel my impact is just really important. Like, mm, okay, did, is this working? Is this not working? And also as a community builder, I think I'm just really naturally wanting to be in tune with the people that I'm work, working with, right? I want to have that like kind of close-knit relationship where it's a two-way conversational street. And so in order for for people to feel comfortable being in conversation with me like that, I do things like post pictures of myself in my home. So uh, a lot of my, um, you know, lifestyle photography before, (laughs) before the pandemic, um, when I was working with my photographer on a really consistent basis, we would do 90% of my shots in my home. So, you know, at my desk, in my workspace, with my dog, and we would always make sure that we got somewhere I'm looking right at the camera, right? So just consider that versus someone who maybe rents a studio, right? And gets really dressed up and has like these more editorial pictures, right? Like that's going to give an entirely different tone. Someone might not consider that to be like, oh yeah, I could just DM her or like, oh yeah, I can see her brand's very conversational. Someone who's choosing to do more of a um, stylized studio, they may be positioning themselves as like, you know, here's my content suite, here are my courses, here's this, and that's how how you're going to communicate with me at this more high level, right? Um, And both of them are great. So I'm just giving that comparison for contrast. So that's one way that I achieve this is doing a lot of my lifestyle photo shoots in my home, in my environment where I'm looking like comfortable and relaxed. Another way I do this is through my copy. So when I'm writing the copy for my website, you know, the intro on my homepage says, so here's the deal, right? And then it goes into like, you're not flaky. You're not wishy-washy. You're a multi-passionate creative. You have gifts that need to be uncovered. Like, Let me help you with that. You know, let's work through this together. So it's just very, from the gate, it's very conversational. At one point, I think I had my copy say, um, pull up a chair, let's let's chat real quick, right? Because I had a photo of me in a chair at that point, but I edited it since then. So that's one way. And then even with my email, so when you sign up, whether you grab one of my uh, freebies or, you know, you sign up for my newsletter... The very first email that you get, my welcome sequence, the subject line just says, oh my God, hi. It was like a little emoji. Um, And I recently had someone respond to that and say, this is the best subject line ever. I literally thought you were like one of my friends writing me an email that I hadn't heard from. And that's exactly how I wanted that to land. It's like, oh my God, hi, look, I'm in your inbox. This is crazy. Of course I'm in your inbox. Like you invited me here, but like, this is an exciting day for me. I'm so excited that we're here together. And that's literally what my email sounds like. It's just very conversational. I also um, keep this two-way conversation going in via email by asking people to reply. Hey, reply and let me know. Reply and let me know if this landed for you. Reply and let me know your biggest takeaway. Reply and let me know what you're working through right now. So, and then, you know, I've, I've been playing around with other mediums like video or podcasting and trying to figure out what's going to work. And I, once I filmed this video, um, I like ordered lights and (laughs) I set up a whole film studio and I had the backdrop and I had the lights and I had a script and, you know, I was sitting up nice and straight and I was kind of going on my script and making sure that I paused so I could edit it out later. 
And, oh my gosh, Peggy. And I mean, it was fine. It came out great. But when I watched the video, I was like, that is not me. I look so, I looked just so like formal and a little bit stuffy. Like, I was just like, that is not me. Um, so, you know, I would much rather just go on stories with like no makeup and just like let people know what I'm, what's on my mind, you know, like in terms of video content, I'd rather do that or just like film a quick IGTV on my phone, like sitting on my couch. Like, so for me, the super produced video, it didn't feel aligned with my brand just because I think it is a little bit more casual and conversational. And given that I'm going to go the podcast direction, so that's the next big project I'm going to work on is a podcast because what better way to have a conversation, right, um, than to host your own podcast, as you obviously know. So those are a few ways that, you know, me keeping the casual two-way conversational feel in my brand. Um, and it's been really, really helpful because when something feels off, like the video was fine and it looked great and the lighting was great and I did a good job. It wasn't like I, you know, messed up my script or I didn't deliver useful information, but something about it fell off. And so if you really know how you want your brand to feel and how you want people to interact with your content, when something feels off, it's going to be like a little bit easier for you to know why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I love the most about what you said is that choosing that right platform that portrays you the best is so key because like there's so many platforms out there and I feel like it's so obvious when people, I mean, I mean, it's common for people to think, oh, I have to be a little bit in all these, all these platforms, but it's true. Like not all platforms are going to be able to showcase you or communicate you and your brand the best. And if video is not your thing, it's not your thing. Um, You can't force it. Maybe in the future you can dabble into it, but if it's not, then sometimes it's not. And I love that I love that you were able to go and try it out in all these different forms and all these different areas, but still were, just still kept that core in place, which is that casual and two-way conversational vibe. And it's so key. It's so good. And what I also was gonna mention that I know that you talked about the CTA at the end of the email newsletters on saying, oh, reply and let me know if you got this. Like, I love that in your CTA and in that copy, you still kept it so personal and in that conversation. And it's so good when it comes to building relationship with your audience and it keeps things personal. Um, and it keeps pe- it keeps that two-way conversation, like what you're saying. So I, I love that. Yeah, I highly recommend, you know, anyone who's listening, if you have that welcome email, if if there's a way to organically ask that people, you know, reply and let, let, you know, just say, hey, you know, I'd love to know what you're working on right now. Reply and then let them know. I read every single response. I think it's really important to say that too. Not just like, hey, reply and, you know, that's great if you reply, but saying something like, you know, and another thing I always do is I say, thanks for opening my email today. Like, I really don't take it for granted that people open my emails and email marketing is a big uh, part of my business. So I love to keep the conversation really, really two way and really, I guess two way. 
I don't know a better way to say it, but you know what I mean? I love to keep the conversation, you know, going back and forth because it's a huge part of my business. It's how I share my offerings and all of that. So, you know, at the end of my welcome email, I ask two questions. I ask what um, someone's biggest struggle is as a multi-passionate creative and what's the, what's the one project they've been wanting to start, but they haven't. You know, and I just say reply and let me know. And then I say I read every single reply. And I do. Sometimes I don't have the time to write back, but I will jot down in my idea notebook, like, okay, it would be great for me to do an Instagram post or, you know, do a training on this because I'm getting this these many replies. And I do have an idea for how to repurpose some of that. And when I do have the time, I will write back. And I'll at least say, you know, hey, thanks so much for replying, or like hey, thanks for replying. And also, yeah, I feel you. I've been struggling with that as well. Or here's a blog post I wrote that might help. You know, so it kind of just depends on where I'm at when I get those responses. But I really do read every single one. Um, So I highly recommend that if someone is wanting to. So I think overall, what we're really getting from this is don't just think about how your brand looks, think about how it feels and think about the conversation that you're having with your audience and how you want that to feel Mm -hmm. as well. So good because it translates all the time. It's not just the forefront of how the brand makes you feel, but it's an ongoing thing. And it's like, how does it, how does it make you feel? And, you know, yesterday's email or tomorrow's email. So it's so ongoing and it's just to constantly keep that up at that same level, which is, which makes sense, which makes so much sense. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And even going back to the video example, right? Like it's not that video doesn't totally work for me, but I'm like, yeah, I'll hop on stories. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, I would be more likely to like do a vlog kind of style than I would to just be sitting in one space and kind of talking to the camera. It just felt really, um, it felt really awkward. So it's not even that you have to give up an entire medium but you know what style within that Mm -hmm. medium works for you so good so interesting I love your perspective it's so wide Mm -hmm. and it's so it's not like a narrow way of thinking it's just so many options and and ideas and paths and ways and it's so it's so fun to hear I love it consider all the options as a multi-passionate I think it's really important and actually that's a good segue to my third tip perfect go for Um, it (laughs) my third tip is don't be afraid to infuse little things that you think no one cares about into your brand. Um, And what I mean by that is almost anything can become a part of your personal brand. So this is really for all my multi-passionates out there who feel like, oh, I have all of these passions and I would love to intertwine them into my business, but I don't really know how that would make sense. I don't think that you need to sit and try to construct a business plan that's going to encapsulate every single one of your passions, but how can you showcase your passion in a really low risk way and still have that be a part of your brand? So for example, a great story that I love to tell is me adopting a dog from Thailand became a part of my brand. And here's why. 
a few years ago before I got my dog, I wanted a dog. I didn't have one. I had had one when I was growing up, when I was younger. But as I got older, you know, just things changed and I didn't have that family dog anymore. And I really wanted a, a dog, wanted a pet, a companion. And so I was turning 30 and I was like, okay, I'm turning 30. This is the year I'm going to get a dog. But I didn't have a solid plan. I was just like, I'm going to get a dog. And so my first step was I wanted to start training myself on taking walks every day because I knew it would be a huge lifestyle change if I all of a sudden got a dog and I didn't, you know, I wasn't used to going out on walks. So I used to go and I would go on these walks and I would literally say, okay, I'm walking my imaginary dog. And one day I decided to bring my phone with me and I filmed an Instagram story of me walking with kind of like my hand out as if I was holding an invisible leash. And I wrote on the story, walking my future dog. And so many people replied to that. They were like, Oh, that's so funny. And I basically did it like almost every day for two months. So <laughs> I'd be like walking my, walking my future dog. And it got to the point where people were like, you're going to get that dog. I can't wait till the day you find your dog. Like, I love how you do this. It reminds me like that I need to have more fun with it. It became this big thing. And, and if anyone listening wants to actually see this, you can go to my Instagram and look for my highlight that's called Chai. The first one, I have two I have two highlight reels dedicated to my dog because I refuse to delete any of them. So the first one will show you this entire evolution. So Peggy, long story short, this crazy like snowball of events led me to being put in contact with someone who had a sister who has a dog shelter in Thailand. And she's like, check them out on Facebook. So I went and I checked out their page and it literally said, we have uh, one more spot on our flight to Los Angeles where I live in two weeks. Here are the dogs that are available. And I saw a picture of this dog and I was like, tell me all about this one. And they were like, he is so sweet. He's like the most loved dog at the shelter. We'd hate to see him go, but obviously <laughs> if like you want to bring him home, you know, we're happy to work with you on that. And so a few weeks later, like I was picking up my dog from the airport and I put it on stories and it was like the, it, I felt like I broke the internet. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, you got your dog. You got, so how would I ever have known that anyone would care <laughs> that I was going to go on these walks and pretend and visualize that, that I had a dog, right? I could have easily just said, whatever, like no one cares about this. But I decided to share it anyway, not because it's going to be a part of my business model, not because I'm launching some kind of product or service around having a dog or rescuing a dog, but just because it's a part, it was a part of what was you know on my mind at the time. And so people who have been following me on Instagram for a long time, they have this relationship with, with Chai, with my dog, and, and seeing how he literally came to be. That's just one example, um, but it really does help people feel invested in your brand, invested in your story, when they can make connections like that. You know, a lot of us have had pets. A lot of a lot of us have longed for something and then we want to celebrate each other when it finally comes to pass. So it's more than just walking this invisible dog and then, you know, months later actually having having him in my life. It's, you know, 
how can we be more playful? That was like the kind of bigger story. And it allowed me to have some really beautiful conversations in the DMs and all of that about that. So whether it's that you love to do hand lettering, or maybe you have a garden, or maybe you love plant care, or maybe you really love just picking out your outfit every single day. You don't have to hide that. Just use something that's really low risk like Instagram stories, right? It's going to expire. It's not a big deal. Bring those elements into your brand. Make sure that your brand feels like you and don't overthink it. Like don't overthink, oh, this is going to confuse my audience if I show my morning coffee routine. Actually, no, somebody might actually just turn on your stories just to see you make your coffee every day. Like, so... And it does not mean that you have to be selling a product like a coffee mug. That's not like, it's just not that serious. And I think people tend to overthink a little bit and then they hide parts of themselves. And the more you can bring of yourself, and I should say, I'm speaking more so to the personal brand. I think it's different if you have a product business, that's, that's kind of a little bit of a different conversation. But if you do have a personal brand and you are the face of your brand, then the more of yourself you can bring into it, the better. And actually, when I think about my favorite products, they're the ones that show their team, the behind the scenes. Um, They're the ones that send emails with all the team's pets, you know, and things like that are going to help you connect with the person behind the product. So maybe it actually does apply to both. Mm -hmm. So yeah, tip number three is don't be afraid to showcase the things that you think no one else is going to care about because you just never know what's going to help people feel connected mm-hmm. to your brand. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's such a reminder because the world is unpredictable and you can follow a structure to a certain extent, but you know, like you're human, you're going to experience different level of experiences. And when you showcase those little nuances, something could come from it. And you just never know because it that's just the way the world works sometimes. Like you put something out. Yes, it has these data to back up through past results. But at the end of it all, like once it's put out, like you don't know what's going to happen to it sometimes. And like, you're right, like not to overthink certain situations that you put out because it's really not that serious if if you want to say about something or you have an opinion about something that is so it's like happening in the world and all in all it's just to put put it out and and to go for it so that's so I love that it's so good oh I just I could hear you like talk all day like it's just so (laughs) fun listening to you and it's so like it's just not just fun, but it's just so true. And it really, like you said, brings that playful aspect of this entrepreneur and business journey. Because like, sometimes it could feel like it's just so serious, but you can make it fun. And there are so many ways to make it fun, like the things that you just highlighted. So oh my goodness, so good. Yeah, absolutely. And like, if we're not intentional about having fun, then it's really easy to get stuck in just like, you know, streamlining our offers and perfecting Mm -hmm. our funnel and watching the numbers and tracking Mm -hmm. our time and training the team. Like there's so much that goes into building a business and your brand, in my opinion, like my personal brand is one of the most fun parts of my business. It's, it is where I get to play and, you know, can I give a Mm -hmm. bonus tip, like an extra? 
Okay. Go for it. Let's do it. You'll be the first one. Go for it. I'm such a rebel. Um, (laughs) My bonus tip is like, so this is kind of specific, but I teach on on many different subjects as a multi-passionate. All of them are relating back to the multi-passionate experience. But lately I've been creating, um, you know, different slideshows for my presentations when I'm hosting a live workshop or when I'm uploading a course. And one thing that I have been loving is allowing each of my courses to feel totally different. Like I'm like, okay, what do I want the theme of this workshop to be? okay, we're going to go with like desert vibes. And then I'll go and I'll use like a color palette that works for that. And then my next workshop, I'll go, okay, what do I want the vibe for this one? You know, what? I'm going to do like a dark and moody because it's just like, no one's going to come to the workshop and be like, what? Dark colors. This is not her brand. It does not matter. As long as the content in that workshop is useful and as long as the visuals are pleasing and going to keep people engaged, no one's going to be like, wow, this is a huge divergence from her website homepage. Like people don't think that way. We think that way. But our audience is not obsessing over little things like that. So another thing, my bonus tip is, especially if you're multi-passionate, because if you're multi-passionate, you need like that new energy because you're, you're going to crave it. You're going to get bored of things that you once loved. And even if you're not multi-passionate, I think it's just normal, right? When you work on the same thing or you're promoting the same content, you can stall out. So don't be afraid to mix up some of your visuals. Like if you're giving a presentation or if you're doing a new course, pick an entirely different color palette. Like it's okay. You can have fun with it and you can have your course be its own brand instead of doing a full rebrand of your entire like website, just because you feel like you need something new. You don't always have to go to that extreme. You can instead say, hey, you know what, I am going to be doing this workshop and I'm making a workbook. Maybe I'll just play around with the branding on that and let that feel a little different. Let it let it do its own thing. And I think people get really afraid to do that because they want everything to be super cohesive. But I would, I don't think it matters as much as we think it does. That's just my personal opinion. Like I think we should be, or not should, I don't like to should anyone, but we can be, we can allow ourselves to have more freedom and to be more playful Mm. with things like that I love that and I it's so interesting because that reminds me of like beauty products right because they have different lines of Mm -hmm. beauty products you know exactly that's a great analogy and then each one has like its own brand and its own vibe but it'll be like one one parent company and we're not like what like how dare they (laughs) you know we're not offended (laughs) Right? That's so interesting. I just never thought about that too, but I seen it, right? And it's so true because it's like those beauty products, for example, I can't think of another example right now, but like for beauty products, like they'll have a line of like summer tropic and and then it will just be a line of amazing summer tropic products that are just not of their colors or anything, but it's so themed per season and it makes, it still makes sense, even if it doesn't make sense if you compare it to, like you said, the structures of how brand has to be cohesive, but it's like in itself and having different points in that brand and having it be unique to itself, like it works. That's so cool. Exactly. And then you just let that be like, so for example, I would not, so to take it a little further, I yeah. wouldn't have my presentation 
that I'm giving have an entirely different vibe than the work than the workbook that goes with the presentation, right? Like that would yeah, be a yeah. little much. Like, okay, hold on, like <laughs> let's wrap it up. <laughs> but I might have my workbook and my presentation are gonna be contained within this particular kind of like I'll call it like a splinter brand, you know, that I'm just splintering that off and saying, okay, here's the vibe for this content. And then when I teach on a separate topic then I might completely change up the vibe, but everything that comes with that is going to speak to that particular branding. And, you know, I'm, so you don't want to like mix it up too much within those containers, like within the collections, kind of like you said, but I just think that it's really helpful if we allow ourselves to play a little bit and, you know, yeah, we have our brand kits and we have our colors and, you know, we have all that. And if you feel like, if you're listening to this, like she doesn't know what she's saying, I would never do this. That's totally fine. Everyone's different. But I've been having so much fun. You know, for example, I taught a workshop recently, Multi-Passionate Mastery One-on-One. And I use this really cool, like desert vibey kind of branding. And I'm working on my next workshop, which is How to Pivot Without Apology. And I'm using these it totally different branding. It's like these these geometric shapes that I'm going to use interchangeably that to me visually represent a pivot, like a change, like going in a different direction. And if I were to just use the same branding for all my presentations, I would be bored out of my mind. And I would be and I would be more likely to just say, I don't want to do workshops anymore. But that's not even true. It's not that I don't want to do workshops. It's that I know I need this to feel new and fresh. And for me, I'm such a visual person that choosing a different visual look for that particular content keeps me engaged. So like maybe it's just a selfish choice that I'm making, but I just think like that's what makes it fun for me. So when we started to talk about having fun in your business and having fun with your brand, you know, I just want to, in case anyone was wanting like permission, you know, what I don't do is I'm not going to have my emails have an entirely different brand than like my website or my, you know, my main social content. I try to keep that kind of, you know, and when I start my podcast, that'll have, you know, a similar vibe. But when it comes to these kind of one-off things, workshops and workbooks and freebies and things like that. I think we're allowed to have a little bit more fun than we realize. And I, I think we're like so afraid that people are going to freak out if we make one little change, but that's not, that's not what anyone's actually thinking about. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is such a key reminder. And I, it's just so, it's like something that one doesn't really think of like casually, right? Cause it's like, Oh, I have to be consistent. I have to da da da. But it's like, no, you can have fun. And I love this reminder because it's not like you have to hundred percent change everything all the time or like change something drastically and, and have it be like your website looks completely different to everything or, or something. Right. But having those one-offs can really extend the emotion that you want to give out and that workshop for it to have. And it, it sets that vibe too, and that tone of that workshop and that particular topic that you want to talk about, like that makes so much sense and you can right. have fun with that. Yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah. And even for someone like if you imagine, you know, and obviously my goal is to have people show up to one workshop and then start to look forward to the next one. And I want people to get to the point where they're like, I can't wait to see what this is going to look like. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's fun. 
that's more fun than like, oh, can't wait to see like the peaches and the neutral browns and her script font. Like, you know, like I, I think it's more fun for people to be like, ooh, she used all like plants this time because we were talking about like, you know, how to grow within your multi-passionate mastery or, oh, okay, I see this time she's using you know, I don't know, rainbows, because we're talking about passion blending. So each, each ray in the rainbow represents a different passion. Like, this is how I create, because I'm a multi-passionate person. So I'm creating for all of the senses, the visual, the feeling, as well as the educational, right? So yeah, I mean, I think it's just so much fun when you consider it that way. And it just takes a little bit of pressure off. And alternatively, if, if someone's listening to this and it's just like so overwhelmed, like I would never do that. Sounds like a nightmare. I have my one template, like, and that's it. You can also just do little things. Like you can just change some of the colors, you know, you don't have to go all out and also vice versa. Right. You know, I have a, a group program that I'm building out and it's called the multi-passionate's great adventure. And so, um, the vibe is a map. Like I created a literal map that it's an adventure and like each module is going to have hidden treasure. Like I'm going all in on that visual and on that concept, but I'm not rebranding my entire website to look like a treasure map. Like I don't have the desire to do that, but that group program and inside of that container, when you, when you open that content, when you step inside of that container, you're going to feel like you are like, inside of a, of a, an adventure, right? That's the vibe of it. So I think we all create differently, but this is something I've realized recently, which I think is why I'm so excited to have um, an opportunity to talk about it because it's something I've realized really recently about myself that I'm more excited if I allow myself to play and to do things my way and not just like the standard way that everyone says we have to do things, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. I love that. It's kind of like creating different yeah. events for those workshops. And of course, it's not going to be the same event, right? And it's creating that vibe for that particular event slash whatever you're offering. So, oh <laughs> my goodness, Joy, you're so sure awesome. Thing. Thank you for sharing yeah, all this. Sure. It's so good. <laughs> so what's next? What's next in your world? What's next for your business? You know, business? it's such an What's exciting time. Before world? we started recording, I was telling you that I actually just put in my two weeks notice. So I have one week left at my uh, my support job, my nine to five. Mm. And the support job was really great for me to have as I was still figuring out my business model because I didn't have to have my business totally figured out in order to pay my bills. Um, mm. But now that I have it figured out and I'm gaining some momentum, I'm just ready to kind of go all in. And so what's next for me is I'm going to be building mm-hmm. out a group program that I'll be launching in the summer, which is the Multi-Passionate Creatives Great Adventure. Um, again, like, so the whole branding is going to be maps and treasures, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited about that. It'll be my first signature group program, so that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to be doing live workshops, so none of that mm-hmm. was fictional. Like, that's actual factual facts. Um, and that's because I just, again, I really love a two-way conversation. Of course, like I'm also going to sell the replays and so people will be able to purchase Mm -hmm. them as digital products. But what I get the most excited about is, is those live sessions. Mm -hmm. So 
I'll be uh, selling tickets to the workshops and serving yeah. in that way. And I'm going to start a podcast this year. So it's just like a big year. So I feel like this is the year where, um, you know, it, yeah. it all starts with like a decision, like really, really, really deciding, you know, what you're up for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the year where I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm doing this. <laughs> like I'm fully deciding. Um, exciting. You know, so that's all really, <laughs> really, really, really exciting. And just continuing to serve the multi-passionate creative community. You know, we are often thrown a lot of shade because we like to pivot, we change our mind, or, you know, the opposite. We feel like we're, we have to do a million things and we're not multi-passionate. And I just think that the conversation needs to be continuous because there's so much to unpack and to discover about the multi-passionate experience that's really missing from the online business space. So I'm really, really proud to be able to add a voice and to really be a champion for our community and do everything I can to support the multi-passionate community. Um, that's my life's work. It's, it's all I really care about. It's what I get the most excited about. So Oh my goodness, I can't wait to see it all after hearing all this. So I'm so excited for you. <laughs> and where can people find you? You can find me over at Instagram at Joy Knows How. I'm going to spell it out because yes. it's not how you would think it's spelled. J O I dot knows, K N O W S dot how. Um, so you can find me there and then whatever I'm working on is most likely going to be the link in my bio. So whenever you listen to this, um, if I have any workshops coming up, if I have any really yummy, like freebie for you or anything like that, Mm -hmm. that link is going to be in my bio. And I would also say if anyone wants to check out my website and kind of get a feel for my overall brand, then you can go to joyknowshow.com. It's spelled the same as Instagram. It just has a dash in between each word. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are two great places to hang out. Oh, sweet. Oh my goodness. You've got some amazing, amazing tips. And thank you so much for coming and for sharing them. You're absolutely amazing. Of course, Peggy. So great to finally meet after right? all these years. And I will be rooting for you and cheering you on continuously so excited for you as well i just can't wait to see how much we're gonna grow from today forward like it's so exciting so oh my goodness yes fun and thank you again for jumping on board we are gonna sign off okay bye bye Hi, welcome to the end of this episode. Please rate this on Apple. Rate it and let me know what you think about it. And follow it on Spotify as well. I'll appreciate you. Thank you so much for the support. Honestly, every click counts, but also any every review counts too. So please rate it. And thank you to Zencaster for sponsoring this episode. Yes, you can use Zencaster for all your social content needs. And that doesn't have to be audio. You can use it for video as well and you can use my code at Peggy Bree and get 40% off for three months and two weeks for free and just test it out you can use it for just your social content needs and keep me posted let me know and I'll talk to you soon bye